Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the dancing clown, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Hello. <laughs> on this week's show, we're going to get into the Halloween spirit, touch base on the state of Hollywood's sex scandals, talk briefly about the Fast Nine Furious, and finally dig into it. But, <laughs> but first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, sorry, I was just laughing. I love that the Fast Nine Furious thing has lived on. I think we need to start a, a campaign that that's what they need to name the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this. Uh, so we're drinking um, a beer from Two Roads, which we did uh, a few episodes ago. Um, it's Two Roads, Roads Mary's Baby. Gotta love that wordplay. Yeah, no, it was very clever. It is a scary good pumpkin ale. <laughs> it's Asian rum barrels. Why is the rum always gone? Because <laughs> it's being used... To make uh, barrels for delicious beer. Uh, didn't we do... Not the last one. We did one recently that was a rum. Wasn't it? Uh, was... I don't remember. I feel like we did one if recently. If it was recently, it wasn't that recent. <laughs> no, no. We did... Uh, no, when we drank the uh, the Newberg stuff for the uh, rehearsal dinner. Ah, yes, the, yes. The sour was Asian rum oh, barrels. Oh, was that good. <laughs> uh... <laughs> This is ale brewed with pumpkin and spices, aged in rum barrels with vanilla beans. Got a little bit of vanilla beans. Um, it says it's rated R for rum barrels. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's actually like the the movie restriction font. Yep. Yep. And st- oh, that's awesome. From somewhere between heaven and ale, oh, <laughs> comes this scary good seasonal. <laughs> Brewed and bottled by Two Roads Brewing Company, Stratford, Connecticut. Here's to taking the road less traveled in life and in beer. To that, I cheers you. That is a good pumpkin beer. I've had this one before. Really? Um, I think this was this this did make an appearance at one of the uh, the pumpkin beer tastings that we had. Whether or not it made it to the night of the beer, like when we all drank it, or if it was one of the ones that Michael and I drank throughout the week, hard to say. See, it's funny. I've never seen this before earlier in the season. I saw when I was at a friend's house, they had them, and I'd never heard of it before. I, the, the reason I remember it specifically is because, as we shall touch on it as always, the bottle art here, this little, the little carriage... That is also the face of a jack o' lantern. Is very, very wonderful. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I don't think this ever made it into the tastings. I feel like I would have remembered the name. Yeah, we probably drank it all by the time that happened. Um, there's a subtle, <laughs> there's another subtle little design on here. If you look in the corners of the hands, <laughs> the hands are great. One's giving the okay. One's rocking on. One's throwing up a peace sign. The other one's giving a thumbs up, and they're all in like. I thought they were skeleton hands for it first, but they're not. It's just a broken uh, background. But really, really cool. I uh, I dig the art. I also don't. There's a, on the back of the bottle. There's a. Do you have this number two? Yeah. Is that their lo, like their logo? Well, their main logo is the one that's up top with right, the two with the hands, two hands. Which are crossing. But yes, this I've seen this on their other bottles too. The number Very two. Cool. I'm not actually sure what it's for though. Nice. Um. This it it's good as pumpkin beers go. It it's fine. It's not like I don't. So many of them taste the same to me. It the nice thing about this one is it's 
if you like pumpkin beers, this is a pumpkin beer and not a pumpkin spice beer. Right. Because a lot of times they're kind of play around with what, whether it's actually got pumpkin in it or if it's just pumpkin spice. Yeah. Um, so you can taste that this clearly has actual pumpkin in it. Um, it does not have the amount of vanilla or rum flavor that I was hoping there would be. No. It, I feel like everything's very subtle, though, which I'm okay with. Yeah, no, there's no one overpowering thing, which is good. Um, yeah. I just, I guess I was expecting a little more of that kind of residual sweetness. Sure. Uh, especially with this being a little higher alcohol, 6.8%. Yeah, it, guess, does, it, you know, it, it has a little bit of a boozy taste to it. I just imagine that's because of the rum. <clears throat> no, that's that's from the alcohol content. The, the, it shouldn't have a really boozy flavor from the, the rum. Well, it's not that's, really imparting a lot of alcohol content. It's, no, but the flavor. Rum um, is a boozy flavor. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Well, so when I think of boozy, I think of alcohol, not a flavor of a particular alcohol. Oh, okay. I got you. No, that's um, what, that's what usually, I, I, I taste. I, well, I taste like rum. <laughs> like that no, flavor. I, I mean, I guess it could be depending on who you talk to, but I think typically when I hear the when you hear people talk about beers and saying that they're boozy, they're talking about the actual taste or tangible feel of alcohol content. I kind of yeah. get that too, if that helps, but that's yeah. probably well, I, mean, I had another high one before this. It's about seven and it's yeah. um, even though it's pretty dark, in it's somewhat darker in colors. It's actually this isn't a very dark or very heavy beer, really. Mm-mm. I was that. I guess that's part of why I was. It, I don't know why I thought it was going to be darker, so I thought it was going to be a little sweeter, but it's not. I dig it. No, it's a solid beer. Yeah, sorry. I guess that kind of sounded like complaining. No, I do like the beer. It's just not what I expected sure. it to be. Um, it was a solid choice, though. Good find today. Yeah, uh, for, I like for the theme. I like the idea. Since I wouldn't pick these up, uh, well, I picked up two of them, so you'd have an idea of something you could pick up. I like the idea of having this. For a horror movie, having yeah. a beer named after a horror movie that is <laughs> recording. Well, I guess we're recording the day after Halloween, but still, like, still Halloween. It's a Halloween themed episode. It's only two days after Halloween that we're going to be releasing it. So, any of you who are nitpicking, just suck it up and deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, gotta have a Halloween episode. All the good shows have Halloween episodes. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Um, speaking of the Halloween spirit. Do you have any Halloween movies that you go to yearly to watch to get into the Halloween spirit? Um, not really. I mean, I usually find my way to watch Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. every year. Um, I mean, that, that's really my mom's movie. She loves that movie. Oh, I, I mean, it. I it came out when I was a kid. I, I enjoyed watching it. I actually caught a bit of it uh, last night. She had it on. Nice. It was on, like, repeat, you know, all <laughs> night. So, <laughs> I love that movie. I haven't yeah, watched it yet this year, but I will. I will definitely be watching it uh, in the next couple of nights. Um, le- last night was Halloween, and uh, we actually went to Sleepy Hollow. Uh, your the co- cousin of the show, <laughs> Dominic Wales, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sister cousin, of the show. Of the show and occasional background noise. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dominic uh, joined us. It was me, Kim, uh, my sister, and Dominic. And we, we headed up to Sleepy Hollow, and we... We walked around as we found... Well, we got there late. Um, and we were trying to hit... Uh, the, we, we got tickets to this dramatic 
performance of um, the legend of Sleepy Hollow and the story of Ichabod Crane. And we didn't know what to expect going into it. And we were like, we got there. We got the Kim and I got there like just on time where we had enough time to get to the place. But um, Dominic and Carly were a little bit behind. And then by the time we got there, we were like, we don't know if we're going to be able to get into this thing. And it was it ended up being like a 10, 15 minute walk from where they had everybody parking. So I was like, "Uh oh, this whole thing's going to fall apart. Um, But it was in the church, the old Dutch church. And we get there and they're like the two women outside are like counting and scanning tickets and they're looking at us and she's like whispering she's like oh, okay okay we'll bring you in i'm like oh god it's like it already starts we're gonna be those jerks that walk in at the end like you know like after the performance has already begun um and we walk in and some guy's talking but it's not the performance and we sit down and then like a minute or two goes by and then they're like all right so we're gonna get started with it and i was like nice <laughs> we nailed it we didn't have to sit here and wait a really long time for it to start the show started with us which was key. So then this guy comes up, and I still, at this point, we have no idea what to expect. And he walks up to the front of the room, and he's in a, you know, that crate, like just old timey get up, like that that three pointed hat. You know, he's got these, yeah, he's yeah. got the, like, these these pants that kind of flare out a little bit, but they're they're up to the knees, and then the socks are, t- are tall and they're striped. And he's got like a little little froofy thing on on his chest. Yeah. I don't know what these things are called. But you, you get the idea of what, of what I'm talking about. And he starts going into this dramatic performance of, of the whole story, start to finish. And he was a wacko. But he was, fan- <laughs> but he was fantastic. He was so funny. And I was like, I, he does this three times a night. And it was like two hours long. And I was like, how? How, how are you up there doing this? <laughs> and like, one, like, one, I don't, I, just don't, I don't know how you remember all this. Two... Do you like do you like it that much that you do this? Like I don't. Wh- I mean, you know, a lot of times I, I feel like with some of these sorts of things, like you can kind of see the people who enjoy it, and the people who don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like in order to pull that off the way you're describing for six hours a night, you kind of gotta love it. Yeah. I, oh, and he he absolutely loves it. We gave <laughs> we gave him the standing ovation at the end. He seemed very happy about that. He did have a buddy that played the organ. And would occasionally jump in at like, like for a comic relief throughout the story. He didn't seem as into it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> which that was clear. Well, because he like has the star, and he's just kind of like the comic relief. Like. Right for the third time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, overall, it was a lot of fun. Um, aside from like early on, for like maybe the first quarter of it, some some other people came later than us. Um, and maybe I wasn't in the position to judge because we were late, but we got there before the show started and, uh, <laughs> they, they came in they're sitting down and then he's, he's talking to the woman next to him and like, she's having a coughing fit and he's talking to her or asking her questions, but he's not, he's, it, it's one guy at the front of the room <laughs> doing this performance. Yeah. And this guy, like I hear this guy clearly next to me and I'm like, did you, did you just not ever learn how to whisper? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like I don't. I really just don't get what's wrong with people. And then eventually they started to leave, and I I, I wanted to start clapping, but Kim stopped me. Um, and then later on, towards the end, this the people on the right side of me. This woman was like, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "He can hear you. Stop being so rude. Again, just learn to just whisper. You know, just just say it. Say it without vibrating those vocal cords so much, and everything will be okay." <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I 
you know, I kind of take it case by case, but I sometimes feel bad for people who struggle with the concept of whispering. So I feel like sometimes I struggle with whispering. Uh-huh. I feel like the fact that on the one hand I am just in general one of the louder people you'll meet. Boisterous, even. Boisterous is a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> when you get me going, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I, I sometimes have trouble hearing on the very low end of volume. So sometimes you're like, well, am I whispering or am I not actually making a sound? <laughs> I'm just moving my mouth and the other person thinks I'm maybe having a stroke. Fair. So, <laughs> But if it's not an emergency, I think you need to shut the hell up. That's a good point, too. You know? That's what I said. I kind of usually take it case by case. Like, is this person trying to whisper, but the situation is too loud, the whisper is not making it to the desired person? Or, mm-hmm. okay, you just can't whisper and you're a dick. Right. Well, the thing is, though, the guy at the front of the room, straight wackadoo, right? But, yeah. But he's performing. And everybody else paid to be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just relax or go outside and do us all a favor and don't come back in <laughs> just just stay there <laughs> anyway it was a lot of fun and on the way out we saw some guy that was dressed up as Beetlejuice but like real good like it was it was a spot on did you do a good uh, impression too the impre- I heard just a little bit while he was talking to somebody it didn't it didn't sound great because I don't know your feelings in that movie in particular but I know you're a big Keaton guy in general so. oh, I love Michael Keaton oh I love that movie and I think he's fantastic yeah, I'm not surprised. Are you a fan? So, I know I saw the whole I wasn't movie. expecting a story. <laughs> I, well, no, because I want to like qualify. Like, sure. I know I saw the whole movie like when I was young. didn't resonate with me because it was probably... I was not its desired audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I was like four. Uh, <laughs> um, and I basically kind of saw the whole movie like a year or two ago. But... I was drinking heavily, and the movie was muted. So I saw the whole movie. Got it. So much hear any of the movie. Got it. Maybe so we'll, uh, I'm not as familiar with the material as I should be. Maybe we'll hit up Beetlejuice at some point. Maybe next Halloween. That would make sense. Could be a could be a fun one. So I feel um, like that would be in people's like get into the mood type of movie for Halloween. You know what we should do also. We should do a commentary track over Hocus Pocus while playing the Hocus Pocus drinking game. We could do a drinking game episode. Like a whole bunch of different things. Like Mystery Science Theater thing, but not yeah. Mystery Science Theater. Just us getting wasted while watching a movie. Yes. It's been decided. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, do you have, are you, you're not a fan of horror movies in general, right? Not particularly. Um... I just feel like a lot of them are shitty, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. I mean, the I they just don't do it for me. I just kind of get bored a lot of times. Yeah, I hear that. I I feel I'm not a big horror movie person, but like I I enjoy the occasional decent one. Um, spoiler alert! A spoiler alert! I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it a lot, and we'll we'll get into that when we talk talk about the movie. Um, other ones that I've enjoyed in the past, I really really liked Saw. One through three. Okay. I really liked the original Paranormal Activity, and I think the second one was decent too, if I remember correctly. But because I don't remember that much, it can't have been that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, I've never really been like I've never been like super into it. Uh, I don't like the religious backed 
like horror movies like with like the devil and spirits and stuff like that as much like paranormal activity was okay for me but like I feel like you were a really big I feel like because you were an Arnold fan you were big into end of days when that came out Oh yeah but I mean that was just my <laughs> blind love for Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> Well you said devil and you know I mean yeah. so I'm talking like I I watched the conjuring and that movie <laughs> that, I that didn't sit well. I've been a really big fan of Bedazzled. Bedazzled is fantastic. Not a horror movie. But that movie is great. I'll defend that movie too. The net list. I've got it right here, back, back behind me. That's slightly surprising, Mr. Brendan Fraser. That's a that's a weird movie. Yeah, I love it though. He's, I mean, he's it's a funny, funny dude. <laughs> He what? can he can be really funny, yeah. Especially in the Mummy, I love him in the Mummy. Yeah, it's a shame that he didn't really pan out. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> that was so that was so mean. It really was. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, there's like that span between like 1997 and like 2003 where he was like looked like he was gonna be a a star, but he like just was like. Just a bright flash and then fizzled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like him. And now I kind of want to go watch Bedazzled. <laughs> I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed Brandon Fraser and his big roles. I, I liked him and he had a kind of limited run in a few episodes of Scrubs. I enjoyed him on that. He was funny. He played a dick like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about these Hollywood sex scandals that are going on. Yeah, there's no way that this is going to be a train wreck of a segment. Uh, no, I'm just, I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to get your take on this. So, there, there's been a lot lately coming out. Uh, if this was a visual medium, I would bring up the text that I sent a couple weeks ago to friend of the podcast Victoria Rudolph, talking about the initial story with Harvey Weinstein, and we were discussing it, and I said. Just you watch over the next few weeks and months, this is going to turn into a whole clusterfuck of everyone getting outed for this sort of shit all right. over the industry. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where, like, everyone keeps quiet and everyone keeps their mouth shut and, like, everyone's got each other's back. And as soon as someone's brave enough to do it and actually accuse someone who is a piece of shit like this guy is, then everyone is finally, like, oh, wait, that person wasn't, like, publicly set on fire. Maybe it is safe to talk about this. And then, it, like, the dominoes just all fall and everything implodes. Right. And that's exactly what we're in the middle of right now. It actually happened faster than I expected it to. Yeah, so, it, what, it started off with with Weinstein and then yeah. um, Spacey. Well, there was someone before Spacey, I think. Yeah, I can't remember who else. And then it was, now it was the one that I heard today. I feel bad if Brad I get it Ratner? wrong. What? Brett Ratner. No, I heard. I think it was. I think it was like Dustin Hoffman. Was that? There was that too. Brett Ratner was a bigger one. Though. I, I think it was just like one accusation I saw leveled at Hoffman. Just like it was one accusation leveled at Spacey. No, there was several women who leveled them at Brett Ratner, director and producer. Um, there was against. Um, the fuck's the guy's name? Oh, I'm so mad I can't remember. He's another old director. 
Sorry, just they just threw my bottle cap across the computer. My apologies. As Woody Allen jumped into the mix to defend Harvey Weinstein, and like that's the last person should be publicly defending someone for sexual assault stuff. Like, right? <laughs> he has his own checkered past. I mean, you basically you basically uh, mentioned exactly what I wanted to get at, which is now the floodgates are open. Yeah, and I'm not saying which, that that's necessarily like, to, a bad thing. That's I mean, no, 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 yeah, no. To be clear to anyone listening, we're not saying like this isn't this doesn't. I mean, we'll, we'll see like how it all shakes out, you know, especially in, like some of these cases of like the single accusations, right? And, and any sort of witch hunt thing. But no, like I'm pretty sure Harvey Weinstein's going to end up going to prison for all of this, and if not, he damn sure. well should. Yeah, um, his, have, his like, seemed a little rough. You don't you don't <laughs> have like every woman in Hollywood accuse you if you didn't do. Right, right. But so here's my concern, though. Um, these people that are, you know. That are if you if you either sexually assaulted or or did something along those lines to someone, you're a scumbag, and I mean that's clear. Yeah. There's no there's no question about it. Uh, my concern comes with there is a and there is a very there's a there's a stigma that comes with that with your name for the rest of your life. Rightfully so. Okay. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Here's my concern. There's people that also could potentially suck enough to start accusing people that didn't have something happen to them. Yeah, um, that inevitably ends up happening at some point. Right, and I'm not saying that that's the case with any of these guys. I'm saying that if that does happen, you Google that person's name, that's going to be a result for, yeah. for for the rest of time. Well, <laughs> and that, that kind of plays into the other thing that we, we actually we haven't even mentioned yet, is the whole thing with Corey Feldman. What was that? Um... Corey Feldman has been amongst all of this saying that this has been something he's been talking about for years where people haven't been taking him seriously because he's Corey Feldman and maybe possibly a little bit insane. Mm. But there was like, after he came out and said this, people went back and found from like, it was like two or three years ago or something like that. He was on The View, I want to say. And he was talking about the Weinstein thing specifically. Oh, wow. And Barbara Walters basically told him to shut the fuck up. Damn. Like, Damn, she Barbara? Was like, she was like, you know, oh, why, why, like, she's like, what are you doing? You're gonna, like, you're you're trying to, like, ruin the whole industry. Shame on you. Yeah. Like, she was shaming him for telling the truth about a horrible person who's taking advantage of a whole bunch of women. Like, right. Ugh. Um, and I guess he's also in the middle of saying, like, he's going to be supplying memes for, like, a Hollywood pedophilia ring essentially wow uh it's terrible terrible news especially and not that it makes it like it's not doesn't make it worse i guess it makes it worse for for us as fans but like uh when especially when it's attached to a name that you love so much well that's something that's interesting because you and i discuss and i'm sure we'll find a way to work it in in some way shape or form maybe multiple different episodes um um, I didn't hear any, bananas. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that's where you're going. Because I didn't hear bananas. That's I don't know. Spacey. I don't know what, that means. what? Kevin Spacey. No, no, I was actually going to go with <laughs> Kevin Smith here. Oh, okay. Um, I you know I texted you a couple weeks ago to talk about um doing it because I just happened to run into throw on Clerks too. Sure. And it was like less than a week after the wine scene thing broke and. The first thing that pops up as I throw on the beginning of Clerks 2 is like a Harvey Weinstein production or something, or Weinstein Corp production. I was like, huh. And uh, I was like, oh, 
That's like, like a name that, like, over the years, like, I just vaguely am aware of. Like, oh, yeah, he's, like, yeah. that producer guy or whatever. Like, didn't know anything about him. And then all of a sudden now, like, now because I'm, like, aware of him and, you know, kind of the public lexicon, like, I feel like I'm seeing it, like, all over the place. I looked him up, he's got, like, 350 production credits or something crazy like that. Um, yeah. But he produced all of Kevin Smith's stuff. And then I went into one of those weird, like, if you've ever seen the Aziz Ansari, like, um, stand-up where he talks about going down, like, the Wikipedia, like, um, rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, looked up everything that has to do with Kevin Smith and every movie he's ever made. Uh, yep. And apparently he had, like, a long-standing working relationship with Harvey Weinstein from, like, the beginning. Um, and, like, I happened to look up someone who was in Clerks 2. I was like, this person looks familiar. I was like, oh, she's been in a couple of Kevin Smith movies. Oh, it's because she's married to Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's pictures, of, there's pictures of her on the red carpet, and there's pictures of her... With Kevin Smith, with Harvey Weinstein, right? <laughs> it's like wow, like this sort of thing. Like, how many like of these types of like movies, or how many like how many beloved things are like people not aware of that that guy had like his fingers in? You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, that's just <laughs> the, the phrasing. Um, <laughs> but I yeah, was not <laughs> but you know, I, I I agree, and like it's like when now when you see you know I part of a. I love watching the movie and then like as the movie begins, like, you know, you see the production company and those things, a handful of them will stick with me. Like I'll remember, like I'll think about a movie that I love and I'll go back to the opening and I'll play it back in my head. And, and that is, that is definitely part of it. So now those things will be tainted. Yeah. Which is, which by the way, thing. like this is really selfish of us. And, yeah. And other oh, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. We're not the victims. Way down the list of concerns <laughs> of people who were affected by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, his mafia such, like, <laughs> such a such an asshole <laughs> to take that away from him. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like the things that you take notice of. Like I like if I had watched that movie a week before it came out, wouldn't have ever crossed my mind. Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered it when the scandal came out. Like you know what I mean? Like when sure. it was like first became public, like I wouldn't have remembered that that was the opening to Clerks too. Like you know what I mean? Like there's just no reason for me to have remembered it. But now it's like it's going to be a constant reminder, and it's like. That's one of those instances of like where like true power and it told the whole thing like the old saw about corruption. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But yeah, yeah it's gonna like you said, it's gonna shake up all of this, and hopefully uh, the people who deserve it get what they deserve, and um, that's the extent of it. Yeah. Let's move on to lighter things. Um, or heavier things. Well, well, we're not getting heavy. We're not getting heavy yet. I've got a good one here. This might be a reoccurring segment. Um, movie Pass. Okay. Still works. Moving okay. on. Uh, then <laughs> I I used it to go see it. That was basically <laughs> that, that was the gist here. Um, so the, I'm gonna check in because I'm sure like this is gonna be taken away from me at some point. It's too good <laughs> to be true. That's that's my point. So I'm going to continue to use it, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to check in with you and the listeners to let you know whether or not it's still a thing. As of today, still, still a thing. <laughs> the next story, Fast 9 Furious. Um, before the show... What? Fast 9. 9! <laughs> before, before the show, I was, uh, uh, I was scrolling through some movie news feeds that I go through um, to get prepped. And I came across the story that I then glanced at, read just a small amount of, and then decided that I don't need this <laughs> anymore. But it was funny <laughs> enough to talk about. 
Um, it was a story about uh, Tyrese talking about Fast 9 Furious and how if The Rock is in it, he, that Roman will not be in it. And I was thinking to myself, good. <laughs> because your <laughs> character sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something we talked about in like the, the Fast 8. Uh, the F8 of the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> don't get... <laughs> <laughs> well done. I don't get. I don't get the point of Roman's character. He doesn't. He literally doesn't bring anything to this to the table. He's not even that funny as comedic relief. He's mostly annoying. Yeah, like even the jokes at his expense aren't really that funny. But like that that statement though, like I like if he's in it, I'm not going to be in it. Like, do you think that anybody's going to be like, oh? Hmm, maybe we should second guess putting The Rock in the movie. <laughs> no. You know what that is? is? That's like one of those things where he's throwing up a Hail Mary here and like making Vin Diesel choose. Yeah. Because you're right, just some random producer or the director or whatever, like they're going to be like, well, yeah, it's obvious, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the point is, um, he's making that play to get Vin Diesel to step into the ring. Sure. But I don't think he's going to care. <laughs> well, I guess it's playing off that whole thing with, was it whether they were, when it was seven or eight, whichever one they were making it at the time, where Diesel and The Rock were, were supposedly feuding or whatever that was. And, hmm. um, because this thing with Tyrese and him has been going on for a few weeks now, if I remember correctly. But it seemed like Diesel actually was like, yeah, like we'll get it sorted out. Like he wasn't like taking the bait. Right. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I honestly, I don't care. <laughs> it was just funny to me. <laughs> the cast is too big anyway. Boot fucking Tyree said, I don't care. Yeah, or you know, just just do it anyway. He's the least interesting character on the. Like, I don't care. Like, if he's in, if he's not in, it's not really gonna phase me either way. Right. Screw it. Well, we'll see when it comes out. I mean, I don't even like these movies really. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. We're, oh, you might not like them, but we're going to continue to go and see them and talk about them. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, like I already told you, I didn't even see five or six. I just read the fucking synopsis, and then I half-assedly watched Good seven enough. just so I could watch eight and we could do an episode on it. <laughs> I like that. Half-assedly. <laughs> yeah, I just created an adverb, so what? I appreciate it. Let's move on to it. Okay. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, I've got some... Some some statements about this movie. Okay. This is a good statement. movie. This is this is statement number one. <laughs> these are these are my facts. <laughs> this is my truth. This is this movie is good. This movie is funny and has no right to be. <laughs> this movie is heartfelt and has no right to be. <laughs> it's creepy, but it doesn't keep me up at night. And it's actually a good movie. Like it's all movie. Yeah. Like well written. Well acted. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. It's always kind of hit or miss when you have like a cast of largely children. Yeah, who nailed it? Like nailed it to the point where when the sequel comes out and it's with the adult versions of them, I feel like they're gonna have some big shoes to fill, which is a really cool thing to be able to say. Yeah, uh, that was kind of a cool thing. Like the idea, like it's like the two part thing or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. Like, in the aftermath of the movie coming out, everyone going out and, like, fantasy casting 
the adult versions of these characters and like who they thought would play them best. Uh huh. That that. Um, so I thought I thought some of that conversation was kind of funny. Did you uh, did you have some of the uh, examples of what people came up with? Uh, actually, I can find one quickly because um, I remember there was like an article on the Ringer where they did like a roundtable, like a few of the like a few of the writers on like the site, and so like there's like five people with like their choices of like the six or seven and like whatever. I'll, you, you, you continue on. I'll see if I can find that. Sure. Uh, so here's one option that, you know, they won't go for because it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be too, too out of the spotlight to handle this. But how awesome would it be if they just waited? <laughs> oh, like for these yeah. guys to be. Like 26 years. Um, yeah, they're definitely not going to wait. No, they're not going to do that. But that would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I I can't say that I necessarily would care <laughs> when it came out, but as, but me right now thinks that that's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, like if we, um, what was that um the movie that came out this year? Was it this year or the year before that was um that was nominated for uh, all that stuff? That was uh, they shot it over like ten years uh, or whatever. Boyhood. Boyhood, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. I enjoyed that. I didn't see it, but uh. I would just, uh, it's like similar idea. I would like that kind of, I'm like, reminded me of that. So, uh, you know, we just mentioned like these kids throughout this movie, they're, they're fantastic. They're funny. I believe them. Like, like I, they're very, they're very real, which was uh, like tremendous talent all around. And I can't wait to see what they do in like their next like sets of work that I do. Um, but I'd like, definitely like to follow their careers because like just, Wow. <laughs> I guess I guess the one kid is on Stranger Things, right? Yeah, I actually just started watching that tonight before this episode, and uh, I was like, "All right, let's see what the let's see what all the hype is about." And then just watched the first episode. The first season, then? Yeah, the first season. Watched the first episode, and I was like, "Ah, yes, yes, I get it. <laughs> I like <laughs> this show." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. A bunch of people said they liked it. A bunch of people have been pushing me to watch. I, I haven't bothered yet. I, I might get around to it eventually. I don't know. It hasn't really called to me. Hmm. It's uh, I I I think you'll like it. You'll just give it give it an episode. See what you think. I have stuff on the list first. So. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I found um, the article. It's not a full full list. Like some of them, like gave their castings for everyone. Some of them gave for just a couple of them. Okay. Um, so one person gave one for the whole thing. For Beverly, they had Maggie Gyllenhaal. For Bill, they had um, Freddie Prince Jr. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hard pass. Next. Yeah, I'm not a big Maggie Gyllenhaal fan either. <laughs> uh, you're not a big Freddie Prince Jr. fan. I actually enjoy Freddie Prince. He he grew on me after that thing you sent me. The podcast. Yeah. Which, by the way, I am looking forward to their installment for this one. They've already said they're going to do it. I just don't know when it's coming out. Awesome. Um. Yes. <laughs> so, so they have they on. have him slotted for Bill. You said. Bill Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Uh, ben. Channing Tatum. Huh. Uh, like he, like uh, he's not fat anymore. Like he's just ripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like uh, it. Like he's ripped and became a stripper or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, for Richie, they had Andy Samberg. Fair. Um, it's just the hair, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> for uh, Mike, they had Derek Luke. Who's that? Uh, he's someone. No, I know that name, and I'm just struggling to remember what 
he's from... Oh, he was in the first Captain America. Oh, he was the one from uh, Rem- not Remember the Titans, I think, right? Uh, I'm going to have to pull him up. Let me see. Derek Luke, you said? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, not from a wrong football movie. Uh, Friday Night Lights. That's what he was from. Uh, Antoine Fisher, Friday oh, okay. Night Lights. Gotcha. Yep. He was also one of the uh, Howling Commandos in the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Okay. Uh, sorry, rest of that list. Uh, Fred Savage for Eddie. Huh. Okay. And Zach Woods for Stan. I don't know who Zach Woods is. Woods. Pull this, let's pull this guy up. Zach. Oh, okay, again, this is on. This was on the Ringer. Give the proper uh, attribution here. Right. Ghostbusters 2016. Oh, this guy. Uh, he's in Silicon Valley. He's fantastic. I'm actually not a big fan of him, but um. Did you watch Silicon Valley? I couldn't get into it. Oh, he is amazing in that show. Um. No, you know what it is. He's the. He's just. He's the worst on what's it called? Uh, what the fuck is the name of that show? Wasn't he the one? Was he in um, the league? Uh, I don't remember him. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. He was lame. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was real bad on that. But yeah, he's good the on him. I did not stand him on that. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool. Re- uh, I accept. He was kind of funny in Veep, though. He was in a handful of episodes of Veep. Um. The, so that was one person's like full list. The other one that had like a full list here. Um, this one I feel like they didn't take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> although they did have Andy Samberg again. <laughs> okay. That's um, funny. For Bill, actually, yeah. For Bill, they had Andrew Garfield. Okay. For Ben, they had Tom Hardy. They get us. I'm thinking more like Josh Gad. Like I, I think they need to change this up, go a different direction. I don't know based on like the source. I don't. I don't know. That's true. Like, the original movie. I don't know if he was still supposed to be fat when he's older, or if he got That's, skinny. I don't know. That's fair. I uh, I definitely don't remember the original movie enough, and I definitely am not familiar with the source material. So, um, for Beverly, they had Jessica Chastain. Oh, but she's in everything. But that that I'll take that over Maggie any day. They're just picking redheaded actresses. <laughs> Is that their criteria? Is that that's it? Well, the other one. Oh, actually, sorry. You no, can dye someone's thing. hair. Like it's the not that big a deal. Maggie Gyllenhaal, but the one, the only thing I saw consistently all over the internet, and like eight people in this list had everyone basically picked Amy Adams for her. So. Oh okay. I'm okay with that. No, I'm fine with it too. I'm just saying, like, it just seems like everyone picked redheaded actresses. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So what's his name? Uh, Richie was Andy, uh, Andy Samberg for this guy. Um, Mike Anthony Mackie. Okay, I like him. I uh, no, I like Anthony Mackie as well. Although weirdly, another black guy who was in Captain America movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like they didn't, he, they didn't search a list of actors. They just went to Captain America and plucked people out of it. <laughs> That's. Which, <laughs> If you're going to pick for the one black role in the movie, if you're going to pick that movie to draw from, I, I don't know why. <laughs> Largely white cast. Yeah. Uh, um, for Eddie, they have Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, okay. He, yeah, This Is Us guy, right? 
Yes. Yep. The only reason I know that is because I was walking through the kitchen earlier. My mom threw on one of the episodes from the season, and I saw that name flash up on the... Uh, that show's the, damn good. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for Stanley, they had Jesse Eisenberg. Stanley. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, I've also seen some Chris Pratt's for Ben. Okay. That I like. Then again, I you could probably <laughs> throw Chris Pratt in any movie, and I'd be okay with it. <laughs> but no, no, cool. I like that. I like that idea. I also, I think it's a cool concept of, I mean, like the the long span of a break, and then you seeing what they do with these characters as they're older. Yeah, I think it could. It, it be, with how well this movie went, I'm very excited to see how the next one goes. Yeah. It's funny, um, I guess, like, while we're at this, like, so you said you saw the original TV two-part movie, right? Yeah, like, a really long time ago. Yeah, um, I never actually saw it, like, I've seen little, like, clips of it, but, like, I, I'm really not familiar with it at all, and you didn't read it either. No, I did not. I didn't read it, I, I saw someone who read the book but hadn't seen the original two-part movie, um, so they were a little bit more informed than I was going okay. in, but still, I think there was enough slight differences, I think, based on what I remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went in with, on this with pretty fresh eyes. I didn't really want to see this movie. I saw this movie because you wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I ended up coming out pleasantly surprised. Uh, it was a pretty solid movie. Yeah, like, one of the... Well, I, I kind of wanted to see it because I remember seeing the first one when I was younger. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'd, you know, I'd like to see this when it comes out. And then I was on IGN, and I read this write-up about the cast and how tremendous these kids were. And I was like, all right, this is this is even more of a reason to see this movie. And I was like, this is the reason why I want to go see it. And I am so glad that I did. Because as I mentioned before, they, they absolutely killed it. Um, but... Like I said, very interested because the whole depending on what they do with the second half of this, they could, it could totally unravel. What do you mean? Uh, depending on who they cast and how how well they interact with each other, like these kids, they they I believe that these kids are friends. Yeah, actually, I think I remember seeing like photos of them like all together and stuff like that, like on the set, like in between like takes or whatever like that, and like caring about them like doing pranks and stuff to each other and stuff like that so it seemed like that's cool they had a pretty good rapport together yeah i like that um and we'll, we'll when we get into the spoiler territory we'll get into like some of the the relationships and and some of the cool scenes between them and, and the fun there but before we do that um the actor that plays pennywise was not the original actor casted to play the role um, yeah, since I, I didn't really care about this movie when it was, like, being promoted in its early stages, I didn't really realize, or I didn't remember. Once you mentioned it earlier, I did kind of remember, like, oh, yeah, there was, like, a thing, wasn't there? Like, like where they had multiple people shooting the role or something like that, or... So, uh, the way I understand... So, the, the movie was, like, they were trying to get it started for a while, and it started, like, years back, and I, I do remember them announcing... Um, that Will Poulter will be playing Pennywise, and he was in. Did you see Where the Millers? Yes. He was. The, oh shit! Yeah. Huh. They so he was supposed to play it. Um, he was supposed to play Pennywise, and that's a, that's a weird choice. 
I think he could have pulled it off. Um, well, then again, the guy who played it is also a weird choice. Yeah, so. uh, agreed. And I was like, so I thought that was that was interesting to me, and I was like, oh, like I, I'd be curious to see where this goes. I'm not going to tune into any more information about this movie. It does not sound like it's anywhere near being complete. And that was a very, very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, this movie was a pretty long process to get made, if yeah. I remember. And then so much so that I, so I stayed away from the news about it for so long that I didn't realize that he wasn't playing the character until the credits rolled. Really? Yeah, I had no. I just assumed it was going to be him, and I was like, "How I couldn't know this because of the face paint. I'm not going to know that it's not him. Um, I wasn't like looking for it to be him. I just assumed it was. And then when See, the credits I, rolled, I was like, "Oh, that's not. That's not him." Well, I would have thought that the voice might have given that away because it's clearly not an American or British accent, um, and that guy's British and he does a decent amount of does a decent American accent. But it wasn't. Well, it was a voice, though. It wasn't like it was a put-on voice. It wasn't like it was an accent. To no, it. but there's there's clearly an undertone of an accent in there. Um, the guy is Swedish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Bill Skarsgård who was in, was featured in a movie that we we did an episode already. He was in Atomic Blonde. Yeah, Merkel. Um, what? Merkel. Is that his name? I think so. I wouldn't remember. He was good uh, in that. Yeah, no, I liked him in that, and he was good in this too. Although, um, well, I guess we can get into a little that a little bit more later, I guess. Um, But, but, uh, I knew going in that it was him. I remember when I saw that it was going to be him, I was like, that feels like a weird choice. Uh, but, uh, I could tell it was him, but I also knew going in, you know what I mean? Sure. I, I definitely did not, but I also wasn't looking because I just assumed it was still the character that was originally cast, uh, the actor that was originally cast for the role, but, I was incorrect. Um, uh, overall, I would say if you are, if you can stomach a horror movie, um, if you can deal with a handful of jump scenes, it's not, it's not over the top. They're not doing it every five minutes. There's actual. That, that, that's really like that's something that's I took away from the movie is the most of the quote unquote scares are jump scares in this movie. Yeah. Um, as far as like. And I'd like to talk about it more after, but just as, like, when we're doing our wrap-up prior to going to spoilers, like, there was only really two scenes that I came away from feeling like that was a scary scene. Sure. That wasn't, like, a jump scare. That was, like, legitimately, this is scary on screen. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, I definitely want to get into those. I will say, though, um, the for, for the jump scares, though, because I'm not a fan of jump scares, only because I, I don't... It just it just always feels cheap to me. Like a handful of them will get me for sure. There and if if jump scares don't get you, you're lying. Like they, it happens. Like they're well, if they don't if they don't get you, you're watching movies that do it badly. Right. So like I I mean, there's a handful of these jump scares that happen where you see it coming from a mile away, so you expect it and you know it's going to come, and it's not that serious. Like you don't you don't actually feel that like you don't get that jolt out of it. And then there's a couple that are just. The super, super cheap ones are the ones where it's very, very out of context and it doesn't add anything to the scene. It's just for the it's just to try and get you. Yeah. Um they they actually there was one in the movie and we will get to this later. Um I'll I'll keep a note to make sure that we do. That did get me and I appreciated I appreciated it. Yeah, there was there was there was two or three that were like, Oh, yep, that happened. Yeah. Um But overall, there I 
as as like you're saying, those like the scariest quote unquote scariest scenes would probably be the jump scenes. They there wasn't a ton of them. There wasn't so many of them that it was overwhelming. The movie is is very good and stands on its own. So if you can deal with that and you're not a super fan of horror movies, like you don't you don't need to be. If you like a good movie and you can deal with that like that aspect of it, like just a little bit of it, I would suggest seeing it. Unless you're absolutely terrified by clowns. <laughs> I mean, don't, but like, you know, I don't want you to go through that. But if you can if you can stomach that, it's totally worth seeing. And I, honestly, even if you this is going to be one of those things I really feel like these kids are going to do great. And this is going to be one of those things that you're going to if you haven't seen it, you're going to end up going back to it to see where they started. Yeah. And it's going to be so clear because it's so clear to me now how good these kids are going to be. <laughs> like I I really I'm very excited to see where it goes and like yeah. down the road think back about this movie. Yeah, I can see that. Um yeah, but I would agree with with your kind of general take on this is a this is the type of horror movie that I would be in general inclined to watch because if you took the horror aspects out of it, it's a genuinely good movie on the merits. Right. So, I think it's definitely worth the watch if you're not wholly opposed to watching horror movies, which I generally usually am, and I enjoy this. So, Right. So, with that, shall we lift the veil? Oh, yeah. From this point forward, there will be spoilers for it. Let us begin. This movie has a soft open. It is heartfelt. Wait, wait, wait. Yep. No, no. Before we get to the soft open. Okay. I told you there was something that I needed to bring up. Go ahead. <laughs> this is it's, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, oh, oh, you're experiencing yeah, seeing the movie. Early train of mostly us talking about the movie and whatever ridiculous, ridiculous tangents we get into. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I was supposed to go see this movie a few days before I actually did. A couple of my friends wanted to go and see it. They invited me. I was like, oh, can't make it. Like, you know. It happens, whatever. So I ended up seeing it a few days later. I told them that I was going to see the movie, but I didn't tell them when. I didn't say, like, what day, the day I was going to see it. I didn't, uh, like, I, I, I didn't go to see it alone. I would see it with someone, but I, I didn't tell anyone who I wasn't going with that I was going to see the movie. I was going to see the movie at 9.20 p.m. I went and double-checked to see, like, kind of the details on this. At 9.21, and I was running a little bit late for the movie, Ran into the bathroom and was like, okay, I have like two minutes. Like, they should probably show trailers. Which, by the way, they didn't. I literally missed the first 30 seconds of the movie. Really? Because I walked into the screen like at 9.22. Huh. And it was, the movie was already going. I gotta say, so I think I, there was like 30 minutes of previews for me, which I'm okay with, but <laughs> there was a well, lot. Well, so like, I went to a theater I've never gone to before. It was just convenient for that night. And like, so I didn't know what their policy was like. Because like some theaters, like I go to around here, like, it's like five minutes of trailers, and some of them, it's like 30 minutes of trailers, like you said. <laughs> right. So they must have literally not played any trailers, or they played them before the actual showtime. Because gotcha. it was a 920 show, and at 922, I had missed like the first 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so I was in the bathroom. I'm walking out. My phone buzzes, and I'm like, I see the screen is like directly across from the bathroom. So I pick up my phone so I don't do the thing that you hate and look at my phone in the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's a text in the long-running group message that I have with a whole bunch of my friends, including friend of the podcast, Josh, supplier of Teddy Topper. So the text message was from Josh at 921. There wasn't an ongoing conversation going on there. He just sent a text apropos of nothing. 
and it was a gif of Pennywise. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> How fucking creepy is that? That's terrifying. <laughs> Like, especially when, like, if anyone had, like, well, you're here past the spoiler thing, like, you know the movie, a big component of him is how he, like, breaks the fourth wall and shit, like, like, he, like, is in the projector and, like, he's in the books of history and stuff like that that they're reading and stuff right. like that, and now he's in my phone as I'm walking into watching <laughs> That's great. So, not a great way, like, if you're someone who is, like, into, like, suspicion and this and sort of stuff like that, like, that was fucking weird. <laughs> That's really funny. God, what prompted that? Ugh. I, I have no idea. That's why... Like, your, I, like, your friend's a creep I show. Like, did I tell them I was going to see this? No, I didn't tell them I was going to see this. What the fuck? Oh, my God. So, w- wait. So, when did you walk into... Like, at what point did you walk in? Were they making their little boat? Like, what, what, did, you, uh, what did you walk into? Like, he was running in... I think he was, like, running into the room to ask him... Oh, okay. So, you missed absolutely nothing. I don't think so. Yeah, no, uh, you're, no you're good. Uh, yeah, like, I, I assumed I didn't miss anything, but so, like, I don't know. Like, I could have missed one line of dialogue. I, I, I don't remember. So this was so the movie starts off like, and I had mentioned earlier, like it's a soft open. It's it's nice. It's mellow. <laughs> they the brothers get together. They're the little kid. It's pouring rain. Little kid comes into the room. The brother makes him a little paper boat, and it's it's really sweet. And uh, they seem like cool brothers. They seem like they're good to each other, and I and I appreciated it. Um. Didn't fully get that he was telling his brother to go play in the thunderstorm. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's it's mean. It happens. Um, I do like it, they. So he goes down into the basement to get the the wax to uh, to to paint over the uh, the boat so that it'll float. Um, floating big thing in this movie. <laughs> but uh, he's in the basement and he's freaked out by like this two glowing lights in the corner. And all I could think about, and I hope that you thought about this too, was Home Alone, when he's terrified of the radiator. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. Like I wasn't scared. All I could think about was that. Also, <laughs> they had some weird shit in that basement. Did they? They were like, there were like these strange busts that were down there, and also, yeah. also this wax. Like why, why, <laughs> whatever. Um, but anyway, so he's very cool. He's uh. He's got his, his brother help hooked him up. He's got this sweet ass boat, the SS Georgie. You know, he's floating it down downstream, uh, which is basically that's, the, the water. It was. That, it was bad karma. He named the boat after himself. You're supposed to. You're not supposed to name the boat after yourself. I, I bet that's a thing. <laughs> that was probably. And he, so. he lives in Maine. They're all about boats up there. A, <laughs> so he's floating it down the road in the gutter where the water is, and you know he's running, and you've seen this trailer. I'm sure you have. If you have a television, you've seen this trailer. And he right. he smacks his head on uh, what looks like a horse. Like I don't know why he... Um, I guess it's a barricade of some sort. I don't really know what it was there for. Anyway, it was there like was... a sawhorse thing for like road construction. Like they yeah. were like doing work. Well, he ducked under one and smashes his head on the second one. So here is the first... This is the first part of the... This, this is like we're like, I don't know, eight minutes into the movie at this point. And already I have a conspiracy theory that the entire thing is a dream. Oh, <laughs> uh, like he got a concussion or whatever. Like. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he's he's you know going down, running down, trying to catch the boat. Realizes that it's about to go into the sewer. Freaks out. Oh no! Looks into the sewer, and we get our first glimpse of Pennywise. Oh yeah. Right. And we're off to a good start. Uh, it is very very different from 
what I remember from years ago seeing the other one because I feel like they made the sewer extremely large in the original. So like his entire like from the neck up is just clearly visible. <laughs> he's like not in the shadows at all, and he's just a clown. Um, but in this movie, also he... you have to remember what the budget difference is. Sure, were. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, that movie is that. made direct for TV. I will say that I found Tim Curry's clown makeup. That just a standard clown makeup to be a little bit more creepy than the creepy clown makeup that Skarsgård was wearing. Well, yeah, because he just seems like a clown. Right. And he's going to eat you. Okay, great. Right. As um, opposed to the clearly over-the-top creepy clown where you know shit's going down. <laughs> so when he, he's talking to him with that like that weird voice that he does and you know he's explaining to him why he's down there. and um, he's, he's creeping me out a little bit, you know? His, uh, as, as he'll do. As he'll do. He's a killer crown, clown. And then he rips Georgie's arm off. And it's like this movie. Ta- I mean, I understand. Like, it's a horror movie. Cor- and- correction, cor- correction. He ripped Georgie's fucking arm off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing is, like, I, I know where this movie's going. I know where this scene is going. But for whatever reason, it just seems so brutal in the moment, and I think what really does it for, like, what really kills me is the amount of blood <laughs> that is in the water. There's a lot of blood, which goes, I imagine if your arm is torn from your body, there's gonna be blood. Also, that there old lady, blood, if you will. that old lady's a bitch. <laughs> no, I just think she didn't know what the fuck was going on. There was definitely a kid there, and when the kid goes missing, she should probably tell them, hey, there was a kid here. <laughs> Not just when the kid goes missing. The kid goes missing and there's a suspiciously large dark stain on the street. Oh, what is the red water from? (laughs) Anyway. Now, I will say this is one thing here. The scene was really good. And, you know, the other reason why the scene seems particularly brutal is that kid was so sweet and innocent. Yeah. Like, kudos to that kid because he's clearly, like, the youngest of the cast. Yep. Sweetheart. And he, like, he nailed it. Like He really did. And, uh... Oh man, I, I'm I'm so glad though. Like he is in in scenes later on. That actor gets to do some more stuff, which is yeah. Good. That's why like I think he did a really good job because he gets like three big scenes in that movie and he nailed every one. Of them. Every single one, it was great. But that's also that scene also is the beginning of kind of one of the gripes I have with this movie. Um, a lot of the CGI was very cartoony. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what though? It didn't bother. I didn't care. Well, because that was the thing, is, like, that scene should be terrifying, and I actually wasn't, quote-unquote, scared, because, like... Fair. I never sensed that someone was giving their arm torn off. Like, like it was, like, it looked like it was happening on a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, that, like, that, that, that's like, Ugh! Not like a, oh my god. Well, I, I think that's a... It, that kind of adds... It takes away from one aspect of it, where it's not realistic enough for that to be creepy or scary... But yeah. the movie, I still claim this movie is good, and it sounds like so to you. That's because like the rest of the actual aspects of like the storytelling are really good. So it's it's pretty cool that that's the case. Like it could have been, I guess, even better maybe if yeah. If those no, that, were... that was like I I did enjoy the movie. It was a good solid movie, but that was what kept it, I think, from being very good to great. Like there was some of the big horror scenes that I was totally pulled out of the experience because of how cartoony it was. Okay, that's fair. Um, specifically, we'll get into it. The scene when they're like watching the projector. Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous, like, cartoon action. You know what I mean? And, like, the the creepy flute lady. That was, that was, was, like, very creepy. That actually kind of worked. That got you? That was good for you? No, not, like, (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a whole different direction. <laughs> I was hoping that you would get that. <laughs> no, you caught my unfortunately phrased Harvey Weinstein comment, so now I caught your bad flute lady joke. <laughs> oh, man. No, um, it's not that it particularly scared me, but, like, it, it creeped me out. Okay. Because, like, her face was all fucking, like, deformed and shit, like... Oh, yeah, that is how that horrible painting would look like if it was alive. Right. It would look deformed and ridiculous like that. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that that one didn't, that one to me was just was silly. That one didn't actually get me at all. But um, It was a silly thing to be like his biggest fear. Like, why was that flute lady his biggest fear? Right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but uh, back to the back to the sewer, though, with um, with it in the sewer. What what was creepy about that scene was while he's talking to him, he's drooling. Because he wants to eat him. So much drill. And it's disgusting. And yep. that that aspect of it was creepy to me. Yeah. Um, also, though, like, it definitely totally fit. Yeah. Like, like, it, like, fit, like, the creep factor. Like, oh, yeah, that is how, like, an ethereal hunger demon, essentially, right. would be. Child like, eater? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we're getting down to the moment. I'm going to start drooling. Oh, I'm so going to eat you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Ah, yes, your fear. (laughs) Helpable. Cut it like a knife. So after George's disappearance, we take a little time jump. We get a... I'm not really sure how far it was. Um, We were discussing this earlier, and I can't remember for sure. It was like... Maybe it was like six months or... I don't even know if it was that long. Um... But it, it's it's long enough that it is okay at this point to assume that Georgie is dead. Well, he lost an arm. Well, we know he's dead. We <laughs> saw it happen. Yeah. Um, but I guess as like you're supposed to, the parents are supposed to accept that he's dead. The brother clearly does not. Like that, and it's because he's a child, which is and it's fair. Actually, cir- circling back to that. Like ever so slightly, like like just the creep factor of that scene. His arm just continuing to like stretch across. The uh, uh, yeah, I don't like that. That's yeah, pretty genuinely creepy. Yeah, that was gross. That that I remember. That's creepy. Like, oh, that arm should not be thirty feet long. Yeah. This guy. This guy's weird. But yeah, <laughs> this clown back dude's back, creepy. That kid cannot rationalize the trauma of his his brother missing. Right, and it, it's uh, so we get to meet. We meet his brother like. Um, at this stage in his life, and we meet his friends, who will will learn are the losers, which is which is cool. I like that they embrace their nickname of the losers. It's the best way to do it. We have um, one. Me and Caleb going back to high school. We had we had a, a group name like that. We embraced that. Um, we won't be sharing on air right now. Oh, what is it? I gotta know. Eh. <laughs> oh no. Maybe off air. Okay. Uh, like definitely off air. I'll tell you the story off okay. air. Okay, <laughs> off, off air, off air, and I will definitely stop the recording. Um, the, <laughs> so we meet, the, <laughs> we, meet, we meet the losers, and uh, this is this is the cast that I've been talking about this whole time. That is that are tremendous, and these kids, they are they're so funny because, and I I, I know I know the lines are written, but the way that they deliver them, it's very it's very much reminds me of being like. A kid with my friends, like goofing around, right? Like the how, how old are these kids actually supposed to be? Uh, 
they're in i'm not sure the exact age but they're in some late level of grade school i would think well like it depending on the scene it seemed like they could have been anywhere between like sixth grade and like ninth grade yeah i feel like they say it at some point were they sophomores I feel like they couldn't have been above freshmen because I feel like it was freshmen? like a big deal that they were like. Yeah, I, I will say one of the things that w- that made it confusing is Beverly looks way older than them. Yes. But she's I, in like, the same class as like, Ben. What's that? He, but she's the same grade and and age as Ben and Bill, so. Like Bill is the only one of them that looks like he could be a little older. So maybe like, they're fr- maybe they're freshmen and they're just having a an adjustment period, like. Maybe Bill and Beverly are going for puberty, but the rest of them have not. <laughs> I'm not, you know. <clears throat> well, it also could have been like clearly Ben was pretty smart, so it could have been like Ben was like in an honors class that was like with kids a grade older. That's fair. That's a possibility. So like she could have been a year older than them. Well, I don't think she was though because they were. I just assuming if like Bill and Beverly were to play together when they were younger, they were probably in the same age. Uh, in the same class. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But anyway, um, girls mature well, faster than boys. Let's just go with that. She was old. No, sure, no, age. but it's just like it was one of those things. Like I remember, like uh, being slightly confused during it because, like, sometimes it seemed like they were like twelve. Yeah. And sometimes it seemed like they were like fifteen. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. Um, they definitely grow up a little too fast. They're forced to by the strata. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> more on that later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, oh. That's that's apparently, but Jesus. <laughs> more on that later. Um, um, so we get this also. We get this cool cast of losers. Like the, it's funny. Like the the mom jokes and like they they're picking on each other and they're hitting each other and they're like they're goofing, but they also have each other's back like all the way. Also, I've never seen so many little kids, seemingly little kids, say fuck so often. On I screen. know, and it's for whatever reason, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. And like the delivery of their lines is great, especially Eddie. This is what I was getting before the show started. I was telling Al that Eddie was my favorite character. Eddie's hilarious. He's a hypochondriac. He's he's terrified of everything. Yeah. And when he curses, it's just so perfectly timed. <laughs> and it's, it's you know what hysterical. it was because those kids sold the. Fuck you. Yeah, we're kids. Yeah, it's weird that we're young and saying fuck and we are owning it. Like, Yeah. Oh, man. He's great. I love him. Lo- love the losers altogether. Uh, but in, in meeting the losers, we meet the these bullies. This really... What, what was the name? Um, like, of the bullies? Yeah. Well, the, the main one. His name was... was Henry, right? Bowers. Yeah, Henry Bowers. Yeah. They would call them the Bowers. But like that, that kid's a dick, and uh, so we meet this, we meet this douche kid. Uh, yeah, I think he walked around with a fucking switchblade and liked to use it. Yeah, dude, jumping ahead when he car starts carving his name. All into- sorts of fucked up. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that was unsettling. I was like, huh? Yeah. Like I know this is a horror movie, and but for some reason it's taken a turn, and I'm I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, because you were watching. Brutal, visceral violence from one kid to another, like that. Right. That's a turn. Not okay. No, but I'm like, it's also funny, it's like you were saying like the whole thing with like, oh, like I, 
like watching these kids interact reminds me of me interacting with my friends when I was younger, right? And like totally right. Depending on like different scenes reminded me of different ages, and that's why I said like it was kind of incongruous for me. Like, like I totally remember like those years of like young like like late 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 childhood like early like adolescence whatever like yeah. Totally remember all those interactions, and you're right, it does resonate in that way. Sans, um, sans carving up the fat kid. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, I, I remember, quote-unquote, bullies, and, like, I felt like after a certain age, like, it went from, like, you kind of, quote-unquote, like, stuffed the kid in the locker to, like, it was mostly verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone carving anyone with a fucking knife. Yeah, that was intense. Like, ugh, that was that was brutal. But when he, he, but he gets away from that. He does that little... A little backflip over the bar, and I was like, "God damn!" And he's rolling down the hill. I'm like, "Oh, ben, he's dead," but <laughs> but he, he makes it, and I'm really happy that he does because he's a cool character as well. And his um his love of the new kids on the block is phenomenal, <laughs> and, and the fact that it's brought up more than once is just really really sweet. Oh yeah, I love it. He's he he's great. So we we meet we meet the uh, the losers. We meet the bullies. Um. As it, you know, he's fallen down through through these woods, and he find like he's. This is where Ben meets the rest of them and kind of starts to become friends with them. Like they they see him hit the water while they're in the sewer looking for uh, one of the people that disappeared. They're really looking for Georgie, but they see the shoe of the girl. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, after we we meet all these these folks, we get into what Al refers to as the montage of horrors, <laughs> and. Let's break this down. So we each get that patented trademark, whatever, like what's that? So we gotta get that patented or trademarked. Yeah, I, I agree. The, so the, the montage, montage of horrors. Um, it, we we go through. We we meet each kid and the thing that that scares them. Um, the thing that scares Bill is it's very clear. He's he's afraid. He's he's so scared that he's lost his brother, and he has. So seeing his brother. In, in these visions that he'll see later, like, they they really, they take a toll on him. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's trying so desperately to find him. And so much so that the, there's the creepy scene in, in Bill's basement where... See, that's, that's the scene. That is the one true horror scene of this movie. Yeah. I that agree. That scene, like, legitimately was scary. So he when he goes down there, the, the basement is filled with a little bit of water and his brother's standing in the distance. And he's scared. And this is this is the part that's scary to me. It's it's the heartbreaking nature of the scene where he's confessing that he lost the boat and that he's so sorry and he feels bad like he like he let Bill down. And you get you you know that this is all in Bill's like psyche. Like this is this is what he's thinking in his head, like, oh like I you know, it's my fault that my brother's dead, like I made this thing for him, he went out there, like he feels responsible. And yeah playing on that that's that's the only reason that like it makes like playing on that like the brother feels like oh i lost the boat like bill's gonna be so disappointed in me that that is messed up like the this this entity is is in his head screwing with like one of the darkest parts of his memories and like his thoughts and that is that is terrifying oh yeah and again the kid bringing it home like he genuinely looks like a five-year-old kid who's, like, so upset about losing this boat, so upset about, like, letting his older brother down, like... Yeah. Like, that scene, it's, it's funny, because there's actually the... What takes me out of that scene 
is the clown? Uh, no, I never felt that it took it out, like, because it was, I actually thought it was kind of perfect to show you that right then and there, they should be realizing what the stakes are, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, realizing this is more than just something that's not right, something that's scaring us. Like, that's the first time, I think, that they put the clown's face to the source of their fear, isn't it? Um, that's before the conversation they have about seeing a clown. Yes, it's before that. So that's that. The only reason I'll disagree is because it was important to see that and to bookend that whole scene of okay. like it being creepy as fuck. Like how it's all set up. It's creepy. The kid starts losing control and starts I, screaming yeah. about floating and crying, and then like. That was the only quote-unquote jump where, like, the clown itself is actually horrifying. Sorry. Because that... the way they stop-motion shoot it floating across the water. Right. That, that I, okay, I agree with that. So, I'm I'm not being clear, but like, I wasn't explaining it well enough. The, what bothers me is, like, this. I don't like, like, that weird, like, he like, comes out of the water and, like, it does that shaky head thing. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty Oh, I thought uh, that that made me not scared. That made me feel like they were trying too hard. Like if if you have this scene, and this is how I mean, I know I didn't make the movie, and you can you can always say this like, oh, I would have done it this way, whatever. But uh, <laughs> if you, you have the scene, the kid is like that. That whole the whole scene is heartbreaking. If during this, the clown is slowly floating to him, but they make it clear that he's still. F- fixated on his brother and doesn't see him mm. until like the last minute where then he sees him and runs up. That would have done it for me. Okay. The forcing that, I feel like that, that little bit of um, like that, that shaking, like chasing after him thing. Like that just seemed a little forced to me and it didn't, it, it didn't resonate. Like I didn't, at that point I was no longer scared or like feeling unsettled. I was like, ah, oh, this is just a, you know, typical horror movie. Scared. Well, for me, I kind of experienced the whole, like, all the senses that you could in that scene because sure. the way they do the kind of Dark Knight, Hans Zimmer esque, like, rising of the tone during that scene sure. as it becomes like, more frantic and frenetic and, like, it's like inducing anxiety in you. You know what yeah. I mean? With the kid starting to lose it and approach hysteria before his face. Like, that was actually the one part of it that didn't work for me. It was like, they, like, fucked up the kid's face, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he starts screaming, you'll float too, and then his face starts, like, turning brown or whatever. Like, that didn't really make sense to me. Um, and then the clown, like, it was quote-unquote scary to me at that point because it was the clown not trying to scare him. That was a clown attempting to strike and claim its prey. Mm-hmm. That was its, quote, like, like its wolf pounce on yeah, its... Yeah, that's fair. Um you know, so I thought I understand what you're saying, but for me, that was why I thought it all worked together from start to finish. I I like where you're coming from. Did you see the trailers before you saw this? Yeah. Um, I don't know if this bothered you at all. I'm wondering if it took away from the experience having seen, like, have knowing where the scene goes. Um. Well, so that was the thing. Is I once the scene played out, I like knew it was the scene from the trailer. Um. But. I was kind of surprised because I assumed that that was the way it was cut up in the trailer. I didn't realize that was in the basement. I thought that was going to be in the sewer. It looked like it was in the sewer. Oh, I, I, I knew this was in the basement. That's- so 
I realized that's where they were getting eventually. Gotcha. Once, because I remember seeing the whole thing where, like, you know, we all flow too. And I was like, okay, this is all that scene. But the way they brought it all together, and again, it was like that insistence of, like, like the, like I said, like the Dark Knight, like, like that, that keening sound rising, or like even the way that it was experienced in um, another Dunkirk. Dunkirk, another Nolan Zimmer yeah. thing. The way that, that, that like, the, the, the pitch and tone is rising throughout all of it creating that anxiety, that insistence, like, inside of, like, the viewer, like, that all worked for me. That was the one, like, where, like, my, like, the hairs on my arms were standing up at the end of the scene, cool. and it stuck with me for 90 seconds after, you know what I mean? Nice. Like, huh. Well, I'm glad it got across that way. That was the only scene that I felt was genuinely scary. That wasn't, like, just jump scene. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, That's fair. Um... And that's like I don't remember order wise if that's the first of the montage of horrors or not. But we also it get it was kind of in the middle because the way they, they did it like there was kind of like each of them got like a first wave and then they each kind of got like something that rose over the top of it. Sure. And it was around there that that's when they actually kind of started putting it all together together. Yeah. Right. So um, let's talk about so we 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 touched on it earlier the flute lady um, the one kid that he's mostly just there stanley like he's not i feel like he's not relevant for a lot of it um which one is stanley stanley's the one that is scared by the flute lady he's practicing uh, reading from the torah and he goes to put the book back and the the picture falls off the wall and he yeah, he was also like wasn't he the last one oh no richie was the last one to actually admit to being Part of the montage of horrors, right? Um. Yeah, but does he say? I don't remember what he sees. He's the one who finally puts the word "clown" to it. Yeah. Well, he says uh, they—they're they like, "What are you afraid of?" And he goes, "Clowns." Yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that was a great line too. Um, but but did they do an actual scene with him and the clown? I think he just saw him. Yeah. That was he was the one was it whether he was walking or driving past where he was just standing in the middle of the field with the balloon? Oh, maybe. I don't I I vaguely remember that. I don't know if it was from a trailer or not or if it was Cuz it was film it was Eddie who was the one who saw him hiding behind like the wall of balloons. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think with Richie it was that might just have been the it. one clown. So, yeah. So I think that so we got the flute lady, um, which I you thought that was that was well done. That one just was whatever for me. Well, um, I just it wasn't that wasn't one of the ones that I would have lumped in with the ridiculous cartoony thing. Because gotcha. it almost had like a was it the Grudge or the Ring where like they had like the fucked up face after they you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. That, I don't I didn't see either of those movies, but I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's it reminded me of, so it didn't Fair. bother. Me. Um, well, I, the one that I, one of the ones I thought was cool was uh, was Ben looking through the book in the school. That was cool. So that whole cartoon either, like that worked. No, there's actually this is this scene creeped me out, and it's probably I don't know if you caught it, but it might not be for what you for what you're thinking. So he's flipping through the book. The teacher finally comes in, or the librarian comes and drops it off. And, you know, she make, makes her snide comment like that he should be out playing with friends. And it's like, whatever, the kid's a nerd. Let him be. Let him be. So he's flipping through the book and he's trying. He, he This is where you start to realize he, he's looking into some stuff that's going on in the town. 
He's yeah. looking at history, and it's like some something awful that happened. Uh, and it was an explosion. Yeah, I think it was like a factory explosion or something. So like that. here's the really screwed up part of that scene, and I hope you saw it too. The camera is on his face, and it's portrait style where everything else is faded in the background yeah. or like distorted. But the librarian is standing in the distance with a disgustingly creepy grin on her face, looking at him. Oh, I think I might have missed that one. And she's just she's on the she's on the left side of the screen. She's in the distance and she's staring at him. And it is terrifying if you see it. And you're like, is she? And then they, they go back to him looking at the book, and then they pan up to him again. And it's it's de- it, it's starting to become more and more clear that she's creepily staring at him. And then the last time that they do it, they they look up and you see the balloon float across the room. Yeah. And it's floating from where that librarian was standing in that scene that I'm talking about where she was creepy. But she's not actually there. She's on the other side of the room. So the idea was it wasn't the librarian who came and brought the book to him? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll have to take that out if I see it again. Um, it, it, it was that, that scene was creepy to me. Because the thing I did pick up on, and I'm guessing everyone you know picked up on, is you know as he's looking through it, you see the heads, you see yeah. the head up in the the tree where like clearly when the picture was taken, they weren't taking a picture of that head, and it's like, oh my god, how did no one notice that that head was in this picture? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. And then, but this is a good time to bring up that thing I wanted to say because when talking about looking into the history and everything, go for it realizing that there was this whole cycle and there's every bad thing that ever happened. So, bear with me, audience. <laughs> and Anthony, as I fill you in on this, because you said you weren't aware of this at all. I saw this a week or two ago. Um, so there was a story about a scene that they filmed for the movie that never made the final cut because apparently it was too fucked up and scary. And I'm going to read some snippets of it. I'm going to paraphrase some of it. Some of it I'm going to read for you word for word because just to paint this whole picture here. So there was a scene that we shot that was a flashback from the 1600s before Pennywise was Pennywise. The scene turned out really, really disturbing, and I'm not the clown. I look more like myself. So I brought I read that to you so you remember because you asked me if they something about before we start the show something about them explaining his costume. Yeah. So this is all supposed to be part of a backstory for the character. Okay. Um, and these were these, these parts were quotes from Skarsgård. Um, it's very disturbing and sort of a backstory for, for, what it, for what it is or where Pennywise came from that might be something worth exploring in the second one. The idea is that it was an entity that was dormant for thousands and thousands of years and the flashback scene hints on that. So, let's see. There was a version... Here is the scene in full. So, this was from the script itself. In 1637, there's a, a well house. This woman named Abigail, a young mother, rushes in to her house and slams the door, as if trying to keep Satan himself out. She clutches her baby to her breast, kneeling by a dying embers in a hearth. She blows on them, but a flame never catches. Her baby starts to fuss. The mother hushes it. She realizes that the small candle chandelier slowly spins above her as if some natural force, unnatural force has caused its light to rotate around the room like tiny primitive searchlights. She sees a black silhouette. 
shifting in shape as if trying to decide on a form. So then the woman starts speaking and says, please, devil, leave us be. Beam of light passes, revealing Pennywise, naked, lithe, flesh pale and translucent, a half-formed imitation of a human. It opens its maw full of large, razor-sharp teeth, dripping with saliva. So again, that was kind of an important thing to them, I guess, right? Okay. So Pennywise moves counter to the way that the light is spinning in the room, and each time the light hits its face, it changes form to beasts, monster, man, woman, etc. And this part I'm going to have to paraphrase some because it's just a lot of dialogue. Basically, Pennywise is saying, I'm not just the devil. I'm something more. Okay. And she's saying, you know, my child's innocent, leave my child alone. And he's saying, you know, that's what you say, but uh, that's what I'm here for. And that fear, you know, that's what I prey on. You know what I mean? <coughs> and he says, uh, I'll take, I'll take the baby and then I'll take your husband and the rest of your children and then when all that's done, you. <laughs> God. Uh, and then I'll uh, eat you, I'll eat your bones, I'll eat your souls, etc. so on. So, uh, <laughs> oh, damn. so then one of her other children comes out into the room and says like to the mother, like, what the hell's going on? And she like, screams at the kid, tells him to go back. And uh, she's crying, etc. so on. And... Um, well, she's given a choice. Give up the baby or everyone dies. And Ooh. they shot this scene where Pennywise eats the baby. Ah. And you see it and hear it eating the baby. Ah. So they shot that scene and Bill Skarsgård was like, yeah, it was all sorts of fucked up. We could not put that in the movie. Oh my god, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. That's kind of cool, though, that that was... I wonder... Um, I have to get in touch with someone that's read the book. I wonder if that's, like, out of the book or... Yeah, I don't... An interpretation. There was something in, like, the... You know, I just closed the link. There was something in there that was saying, like... I don't know if it was kind of, like, mashed together from something, like, com- components that were in the book or something like that, but, like, I don't think it was pulled straight off the page. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see why. I mean, the movie's long, and but and but nothing seems unnecessary, so I could see why it was. Pulled, and this I guess. definitely would have fit with all of that, but it would have been probably ten minutes of this unbroken, right? Sure. I do wonder, though. I mean, there's going to be a part two. There's always the potential to show that. Well, and that's what he said too. Is that I think they're going to see if they can. He's like, it seems like the type of thing that we might try and re-examine how it might fit with the next one. Right. Interesting. That's really interesting. Cool. Um, yeah, I thought that that was that would be a cool thing to, to like. Yeah. Hear. I thought that that was a fascinating scene. Definitely. But it would have been all sorts of fucked up on screen. Oh, like. yeah, absolutely. That would have that would have got. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, going back to Ben for a minute, so after he sees the uh, the balloon floating away, and he he starts following it, and like it's from this point on um, where his is just kind of bizarre, like with a the headless guy walking down the steps and then chasing after him, and then you see in the class, it's just it that just seemed like a jump scare, which was which was fine, like it wasn't it wasn't too crazy. Um, I guess his for Ben though, like for a lot of them, like you're seeing like what they're you're starting to understand like what their actual fear is. His is yeah. not very clear to me. I know that creeped him out because he read it in the book. 
but he it, yeah. they never really like in like dove into what his specific fear was. Yeah, I mean there was a couple of, like like there was I guess half of them seemed pretty well developed what their fear was, mm-hmm. and the other ones less so. Like Ben, um, Eddie as well. Like the whole thing, the, or not was that Eddie or was that Richie uh, or Stan Stanley, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stanley flute lady, like that. It's a weird thing. Like your one true fear is like that painting, right? Like you have one kid whose one fear is, oh my god, I got my brother killed. You have another one who is like the real fear of literally growing up is what you know Beverly's fear is. Right, um, you have the you have Mike whose fear is of his parents having been burned alive in front oh, of him. That one was brutal. That one was like, a, when, when they explained that one. I was like, "Good God, that's yeah. screwed up." <laughs> so like those are all like real, identifiable, tangible fears. Like totally get it. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And then you have like kind of like a, like a, you were saying like Ben and, and Stanley like where it's just like, what exactly yeah. are you? Afraid? Right, and then, like, you know, Eddie was clear, too. Like, it was, he's just, he's scared of sickness and disease and anything that can hurt him <laughs> like yeah. that. Well, yeah, and that, that one was fair, too. Just a little less impactful than the Sure, know, sure. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, Beverly for a second I and, and where, uh, where it goes. What? Sorry, talking about who? Sorry, I coughed. I didn't hear oh, sorry. Go, uh, we're going to talk about Beverly for a second and where that goes and her fear. So... That was a really cool, not cool, play on the whole thing. Like she's, in. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but in the final, there's a in in the final act when she's, Pennywise has her by the neck and he's like, she tells him that she's not scared of him. That scene, is intense because you know why she's not scared of him. The things that she's dealt with. Are like way, six seconds earlier. Yeah, or, well, yeah, but also it seems like obviously has happened before or something similar. Sure, it's just like that was like the culmination of that whole years of fear, right? Yeah, it's like she's like, oh, oh, you're a clown with your hand around my neck? My dad tried to rape me like five okay. minutes ago. <laughs> like probably again. Yeah, right. Ugh, that was that was brutal. Um, that did, so we... we, we her dad, her dad is a dick, and we get that pretty clear from like early on. He's just he's creepy, he's inappropriate, and um, it's disgusting. He's raping. Let's just say he's, like, he is raping. Almost no doubt that he raped her. Um, it, that scene though. So uh, again, we're gonna, we'll we'll go back in a little bit, but uh, jumping ahead to that scene where we find out like oh like he's not just creepy, like he's legit, like sexually assaulting this girl. Yep. Um, she cracks him over the head with a. Real clever, you know. She she grabs the the top of the toilet seat, hides in the bathtub, and then when he pulls the the curtain back, she cracks him over the head with it. And yep. that Fucking scene, hell. that scene got was intense to me, and like that got like my heart racing because I was like, I I'm scared for this girl. Yeah. Right. And then it's this is this is where the jumps the jump scare worked for me, and I was okay with it. Um, she cracks him over the head. He hits the floor, and he's bleeding. And I'm like. Hell yeah. I was like, he's hopefully he's dead. It's like, screw this guy. Like, this is great. And you get this moment of slight relief, like she's safe. And then she turns and Pennywise grabs her. I was like, good God, what is happening? And I think at that point, I I squeezed Kim's leg extremely hard where I think she might have yelled, but not because she was scared. Because Because my reaction was scary. So... (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that was that was that's the type of jump scare like that the way that that played out like 
that one worked for me. Well, especially like they like like you said, like they built the intensity, they built it up. Oh, she cracked him upside the head. I can like exhale. Oh no, God! There, <laughs> here we go again. It's over. No, it's still so bad. <laughs> that was that was good. Uh, so jump jump jumping back. So like after so we we went through our montage of horrors. Um, following that, uh, we we talked about a little bit earlier about you know uh, Ben gets carved up, which was. I don't even want to get further into that. That was disgusting. Um, that that uh, Bowers kid is a is a real freak. Yeah, um, a hate crime Mike. But then we get montage of friendship, which is part two. Also patent pending, uh, which is just wonderful. So like that was and those scenes like it's really cool because like you get again you get more of like these kids like they're cool with each other. They're such they seem like such good friends. They seem like good people. Yeah, you know. Um, and it, it's just really fun and it's like, it's heartfelt and it's, it's like they're, they're kind of, they're having a good time. They're not thinking about like these horrors or anything like that. And it's, it's cool to see. And like, you get that, that vision of them before like, like everything goes to hell a little bit later on. So I, I, I liked that a lot. So like from them, you know, they're, they're jumping off the cliff and swimming. That scene was actually really funny where they're standing on the top of the, of the ledge and they're like. They're all in their underwear and they're like about to jump in, but they're no one is is brave enough to do it first. And then yeah. Beverly shows up and she's just like, "I'll do it." And she like just like runs past them and jumps in. Like that was really funny. Oh yeah, that whole scene. Um, and then like you get this really cool like again like they, they drive the point home like these kids are good people. Yeah. And like the the scene where um uh what's his name uh, Mike uh was uh, Han. I feel like they said it was Hanlon. Um, when he was, the Bowers was like, they were like beating him up. It looked like they were like ready to kill him. It, like, it looked like he was going to hit the kid in the head with a rock. Not just looked like, he was, I'm pretty sure, just about ready to do it. Right? Like, okay, so. He had the that, rock, and it was above his head, and it's like, now we're going from bullying to full-on hate crime. Right. <laughs> please don't, please don't bash this kid's head in with this right. rock. It's like, oh, this is no bueno. And then the losers come, and they start throwing rocks, and it is a great scene. Rock fight. It was, it was awesome. Like, they just they ganged up on them, and they just started chucking rocks at them, and they got them to, to retreat, and it was just, like, such a victory. Oh, yeah. And it's such a fun scene. And it's, like, it's cool because, like, you're getting this glimpse of, together, they can, they can get some shit done. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is important for later. And, like, it was also kind of just, like, a great cathartic like moment, right? Like, oh, it's just a bunch of like idiot kids like whipping rocks at each other. Oh my god, he just got cracked in the skull. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is insane. <laughs> um, so we get a the, we also get the glimpse of the love triangle, and I don't. I mean, it doesn't really play into it too much in this one. I it's it seems like it's probably mostly set up for the second half of the story. You say that. But again, I still haven't like a, like an ace in the hole on this whole story. <laughs> okay, when does that come out? Uh, when do you want it to come out, man? Uh, well, well, we're talking about the love triangle now. No, you know, no, no. Like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we're getting towards the end of the actual movie. Okay, so we got the because love triangle. That's where the scene occurs. Gotcha. Of of Ben and Bill and Bev. Huh. Just dawned on me that they all start with bees when I said it out loud. Cool. <laughs> but uh, I'm not gonna say anything 
you you can see that I'm shaking my head in disapproval. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't do it. <laughs> no, the, the way that you came to that realization. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, um, I feel bad for Ben the whole time because uh, she she thinks so. He writes her that that sweet that sweet little poem. That sweet sweet poem, and yeah. she thinks it's Bill. Yep. And they confirmation bonus. And they they've got I mean they're they're only like four years old, but somehow they have a history, which is kind of funny. <laughs> so, um, so that was that was heartbreaking to find out that uh, basically uh, bet you know you you know Ben wrote it, and I I wasn't clear to me that she thought Bill wrote the poem when she was reading it. I thought she she realized at first, but it turns out not the case, and that made me sad. But she figured it out later. She did figure it out later. Yeah. But at the time when she's reading it and she's all excited about it, she's thinking about Bill, and that wasn't clear to me. And when I realized that was the case, that's when I was upset. Because I like Ben. I like Ben and his, uh, his and the fact that he's a hardcore New Kids on the Block fan. <laughs> Which is just wonderful. Uh, so after... So they're all friends now, and they, they come to the realization that this, this clown is terrorizing um, their town, and... They they figure out Ben figures out the pattern that it's like every twenty I think it was seven years twenty seven years or something like that. Yeah, because that's the um, whole point of why the second one takes place that amount of time later. Right, and then but so Bill is not convinced that Georgie's dead. Like he he still wants to, like he wants to find him. So they go they go to the house where they realize um like where it lives. Yeah, because. Eddie had gone to that house? Yeah, that's where Eddie Eddie saw him there and it was trying to draw him in. Yeah. And so uh so okay, so they, they go into the house and we get into like I guess another montage of horrors, like a a quick cut of montage of horrors in this house. Well, especially like that was pretty important because to like what you were saying, after they go through the montage of horrors and the montage of friendship, they're all together and they realize how strong they are together. Right. But then the house immediately breaks them up. Yeah. Which and that's is, what makes them weak again. Yeah, which is and it's it's intense because like it, it, it's well done too. And like you, you had mentioned uh, before we started here, this is where it's in the house that they deal their first actual blow to the to the to the villain of this movie. Yes. Um. With that, they drive that spike through its head. It's almost they they did they did hurt it, but that's not what yeah. did it. It and, was the the lack of fear. It was right. The fact that it was the fact that they had the balls to strike at it. Right. Not the, it wasn't the physical act of striking it as much as it was. Yeah, like you're saying, like not having that, which was it, that's a really cool concept. Like I really I like that, and yeah, that was that was fun. And I it, I knew where that was coming from, but I also you know I also have the background, so I imagined that was clear, and it sounds like it was clear to you. I don't know if it was clear after the fact or then. Um. Yeah, I guess it was. Well, it, it was throughout the course of that scene as that scene wrapped up. It was, you know, the whole point that it was the audacity to strike, basically. Right. Because it wasn't just a flail; it was a uh, fuck you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but after after all that, like when they leave the house, like that's what you're talking about. Like they they kind of that's where the split happens, and they they all pulled in separate ways. And George Georgie still wants to he wants to go and he wants to fight it. He wants to finish it off. Bill. But I'm sorry, Bill. Um, but everybody else is like, um, hey, screw you, guy. Like, I'm not going back in that house, which, you know, like, perfectly. Let, let, 
let's, yeah. let's let that off. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable response to have. Um, and poor Eddie with his broken arm, and then his his crappy mom. That, that's crappy, like full on Munchausen syndrome mom. Yeah, that was that that whole thing was was twisted. Uh, Actually, yeah, for like as much as it was fucked up, and yeah, probably more fucked up, you know, Beverly and and her dad, but. I guess it's because they spent more time focusing on how fucked up it was. Yeah. That it kind of got fell through the cracks up until the end. Mm-hmm. That Eddie was treated nearly as badly by his own mother. Like, right. Yeah. The uh. fact that she was like literally smothering him, actually affecting his health as well with the medicines and the fake medicines. Right. And how she's like, it's literally the Munchausen by proxy thing, like just minus. Her intentionally getting him sick, right. which is like the worst form of that. Ugh, that yeah, that that whole thing was creepy. Those like those those are the unsettling things in the movie. Um, but so this it breaks them up, and it, this is what leaves us open to to come to the conclusion of this movie like that together they can defeat it. And um, this is where this is the part of the movie that confuses me a little bit. So. We talked about this a little bit earlier, where uh, uh, Bev is is uh, being assaulted by her father, and she she knocks him out, and then all of a sudden it grabs her, like she turns. It's a it's a it's a quick cut to the right, and and his his hands around her neck, and she like he lifts her up. What's not clear to me is what like is he? I don't know what his limitations are. Yeah, that's is something that's confusing because in certain scenes. It feels as if he has absolutely no limitations, and other times it feels like he fits perhaps some sort of code of what he can and can't do. Right. Which it is. It does feel a little inconsistent within the structure of the movie itself. Right, because in in that scene, <laughs> it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Before that scene, my understanding was that. He couldn't take anybody unless they entered like his domain, whether it was the sewers or the water around the sewers. That he couldn't well, do anything. That seemed a little unclear too. Like, I, actually, the way I had interpreted it was not so much whether they entered the sewers, but that more like that was where he was at his strongest. Okay. Because like, Jordy doesn't enter the sewer; he's just very close to the sewer. Right. 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 Um. Remember, he almost gets Bev in the very beginning with the hair coming out of the drain. Oh, yeah. And when Bill goes into the basement, he comes pretty close to catching him there as well. Right, but I, for me, like I was just assuming, like, oh, like a sub-pump kind of deal. Like, I didn't know. I, 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 I could accept that as still being part of, like, the sewer system. Well, yeah, well, I guess and that, to that extent, I was kind of agreeing with you. Like, those yeah. being kind of power bases, but, like, not the sewer itself. But I don't know if we're meant to believe that he can't take you if he's there. Well, because it, it wasn't just in the sewer things. It was more when you're secluded and alone. And I guess that's the times when fear strikes you the worst. I guess. It seems more, I think, tied to whether you let the fear give in, like, whether you it, give in to the fear, right? Yeah. Because oh, Bill yeah, is pretty fair. close to giving in to the fear when she's, like, in the basement and he snaps and runs, finally. When she's in the, the bathroom and he grabs through the thing, she's in a moment of fear there, right? Because he's calling up to her, asking her what she's doing. 
Yeah. And with uh, with Eddie, he's like having a panic attack because he dropped his pills, right? And right. He's right in front of the house. But to your point, the scene where Beverly actually gets taken, she had seemed to have conquered her fear at that moment. Right. Maybe she hasn't come and down from it yet. Come up in her house and grab her. So that does seem inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could take it as like you know you don't you don't come down from that quickly, so she could still be terrified. I guess so, but you would think that if there was ever a time that she was going to be able to fight back, it would be then. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's unclear. It's not it's not a deal breaker for me by any means, but it's it was no, but it does unclear. seem to fall. It does seem to fall prey to the whole like for plots sake thing. Yeah, I can see that, but I guess like. If you do accept, like, if you make that the rule, like, where when the person is most afraid, um, I would I would budge a little bit and say that, you know, she's still she's still terrified. She's going through an extremely traumatic experience at the time, even though true. But I always viewed it more as like when the fear makes you weak. And in that moment, the fear had made her strong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So I, I, I will that that part of it still is confusing, I guess. Like what? Like what gets? Like how does he take her? But nonetheless, he does. And our friends, the losers, they band forces again, and they they decide to descend into the sewer and and get their friend back. And that is that. This is such such a cool thing. I I loved it. Like when when they were found, when they were getting back together, like when Eddie gets the call on his phone, and he picks it up, and he's like, "What do you want?" And then they explain it, and he's like. He's like, yeah, I'll be there. And like, he's leaving the house, and he stands up to his mom, and he runs out. Like, it was the whole thing was just like so triumphant. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but then in in between this, we get the um, this the thing that was either a little rushed or forced. I don't know what. Um, but the it Bowers kid. The thing, like, it would have been better if they introduced it a little earlier in the movie. The Bowers kid thing. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I. Like, they, they planted the seeds with the, the way the father treated him and mm-hmm. the, the fear when he loses the knife and all that stuff. But then there was a big gap before they actually got to that point. Yeah. And that's so late in the game when he actually gets, like, falls prey to it. And, like, the fact that he, like, brainwashed him, I guess? Yeah, I don't really know. I guess because he's weak. And I, I don't really get it. Uh, I it It was... It was abrupt. Because there was kind of a setting the table for that. If you remember earlier in the movie, there's a couple times this, for whatever reason, was a recurring thing. I don't know if it was... I guess the way I would I would explain it, the way I, I interpret it was... You notice there's a couple of times where there's a parent sleeping in the house and they have the TV on and it ends up being on TV and the yeah. weird children show. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's... I guess that those adults don't appeal in the same way as the children do. Say that, so wait, say that again. I guess that the adults and their fears don't appeal to it in the same or to Pennywise in the same way that the children's do. Right. So I wondered whether that was its kind of version of well, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing, where it's like oh, that's interesting. I'm not gonna waste my time trying to hunt you down. I'm just gonna make sure you get out of my way. Yeah. And so he kind of uses that, like, TV show thing to... Because every time 
You see the TV show? There's an adult in the room sleeping with sleeping through the show. Yeah. Like, as if it was, like, almost, like, used to put them to sleep so that it could get its work done. Right. That's interesting. Every other time that that happens, one of the kids comes into their house and they just walk past the TV and ignore it. And when Henry comes into the house, he's utterly possessed by it. Right. And you can kind of see that coming away, like... What the fuck? It didn't. It didn't. It felt different, right? It didn't feel like it was gonna come there and attack it. It felt like it was trying to do something, and it sure did. Yeah. Okay. So if this adds to my confusion, though. This I, I didn't. I didn't think of this before. I um, when I brought up the Beverly thing, but I had thought about it after I saw the movie. I I was wondering if the reason to possess this kid. Like you're saying was like was for him to do the dirty work for him because he couldn't do it like because he couldn't physically get them where he needed yes, them. Yes, I, I think I know where you're going with that, right? It would have made more sense if it was Henry that actually kidnapped Beverly and yes. brought her to the sewers. Exactly, yes, I, I totally agree with you. That would have cleared it up, for, and that that would have made it that that would have just made so much more sense to me. Yes, no, I kind of had the same thought as well after I was done watching the movie. Yeah, very strange. Um, whatever it has, you know, it has its little flaws, but it, it doesn't. Again, it still doesn't completely deteriorate the movie or anything like that. So that's. And fine. also, like we're both at a loss here. Like, if that's shot for shot how it happened in the book, then it's a failing of Stephen King's, not of the makers of this movie, right? Right. Oh, that's 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 fair too. I'd be I'd be curious to hear from someone that again that knows the source, or to read it myself. But I'm, I'm not super interested. Inter- That's probably gonna be a long fucking book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get Psycho Killer now. Um, murders his dad, and then he's which that was all sorts of fucked up, and you could totally see it coming. He's like, oh, he's gonna slit his throat. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gonna do it real good. Ain't no coming back for him. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so we get this little uh, the the kids are going down the well, and um, Mike, right, is at the top. Yep. And this douchebag attacks him. Hate crime part two. Hate crime part two. But the but Mike prevails and he, he ends up kicking him down the well and I think I cheered. Either that I or I was just like, Hell yeah. Like, what is justified, very justified. As as it happened. Um, but he falls down the well. And I think, so we're going to talk about this at the very, very end. But he falls down the well and he screams on his way down. And then it end, and then that's it. That's the last we hear of him, see of him. Um, it's you know you would think you're falling down this gigantic well. He's dead when he hits the bottom. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. I feel like there's there might be more to it. And and this could there could obviously there could definitely be something with this with the original story as well. I kind of like that. I don't know. We'll see in the second one if anything more comes out of this. Um, I well you know we could jump there now. I don't know if that has anything to do with like how it comes back. Like, I had mentioned to Al before the show started, I was wondering if when it goes down the well at the very, very end of the movie, if he comes across this kid that is maybe still partly alive and feeds on him. Yeah. And maybe that um, sustains him for the next 27 years. That, you you did bring that up, and that did interest me some, because I, like, again, I don't know exactly the details on all of it, but I had wondered... I don't remember if this is wholly my own kind of thoughts on it or if maybe I've read something that influenced it as well. 
But because uh, the whole thing at the end when they make the pact, right? Like we'll never yeah. let fear like take over our lives or whatever again. Except when they come back and they're adults, like fear is, I think, taking over their lives again. Mm-hmm. So I wondered whether that's what brought it back, or if it's maybe a combination of the two. Yeah. Like there's just I, a little bit of it hanging on, and their fear gave it its ability to come back in full form. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have to see, and I I have to believe that. That it's that he has something to do with it because otherwise that there's no point to the whole thing. To him. To Bowers at all. Yeah, there's probably not. You're so right. it, it's got to be something. There's yeah, be- I guess you're right. If it doesn't, if that, if he didn't like survive and like meet them again, or if he didn't like provide sustenance to Pennywise in that time, like. Then yeah, that 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 part of the storyline feels even more heavy-handed and shoehorned in in a way it didn't need to be. And but like you said, like shoehorned in, but for 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 what? Like nothing nothing comes of it. So it I it, I have to believe that it has some impact later down the line. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. So I, I'm I'm curious to see where that goes. Uh, or it, so, sh- it should at least. So we get we get down we. Where as we're going down into the well, um, I think it was before this, like they they made a pact, like we're not leaving anybody behind. Like they convinced their their other friend, um, the one that was afraid of the flu. What was his name again? Uh, Stan. Stan. They convinced him to come with them because he was he was probably the the least convinced. <laughs> the one who's afraid of the flute. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and after all that, was didn't the flute lady try to eat his face? Yeah. See, that's the screwed up thing. Like, cause he they said they were gonna stick together and they weren't gonna split up, but. He that was pit- his fault. That was his fault, right? I, I, this, that's exactly where I'm getting with this. Like he he left, <laughs> he walked away. And then Snaps and gets mad at them, and it's like you guys left me. It's like no, you wandered off, dude. Um, that scene was gross while it was feasting on his face. Yeah, that was the second of the two. A little bit less than the first one, but that is what I said. Like there was like two scenes that I found legitimately scary. That one was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, unsubscribe. That was what? I said unsubscribe. That was gross. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. But then after all that, we get into the battle royale, which was one of the coolest parts of the movie. So they they find Beverly and she's floating in the air, and they go and they get her down, and um, uh, they fight it. Georgie, uh, what's his? Georgie comes about. Uh, Bill realizes what he has to do, and like you know, kills. Well, shoots shoots him in the head with the cattle thing. You know, for just just a half a second while that was going on, I wondered whether or not it was actually Georgie. Oh my god! If it wasn't, like I'm sorry, if it was him, I think, and like he actually kills him, I think then he would have been really afraid, and then I think they all would have died. You know why? The only reason the only reason I thought was because he was missing an arm. Yeah. Because he wasn't missing an arm when he sees him in the basement. Right. So that was the reason I was like, because there's no reason he would have known that he was missing an arm. So there's no reason for Pennywise to be in that form. Uh, there is. He he does. He tells him that he ate his arm. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember that. He says something about like how it tasted so good. Huh. When I was eating your brother's arm or something. Well, that was like the first. No, that was after, wasn't it? No, that was that was up in the house the first time. Was I, it? I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, maybe you're right. Um, which would, I guess, that would give it a, a reason for it not to be there. And for him to think that it was actually him. 
I guess either whether he did or didn't, that was the reason that I had just like a ten percent like, oh my god, is he actually still alive? Because just because he was missing the arm, otherwise it would have been like, okay, it's just like he's doing it again, like the final chance, the final temptation to try and get him yeah. to succumb to this fear. But I, I did love it. He's like, but I know what I have to do, and just stabs the shadow. He's like, I can't believe he actually had the balls to stab him in the little kid form. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was crazy. But the, so, but the scene where where the scene goes, which is really cool to me. So we get that, and that's like we know we know Bill's not scared at this point. Like Bill gets it. So, yeah. but then it but it becomes very clear that it can't just be Bill. They all need to they all need to figure this out. And the scene where like he's where Pennywise has him and he's like pleading with him. He's like, just go. Like like this is my fault. I brought you here. Just go. And Richie owns the show, and he yeah. says he's like. You brought me into this house, or you brought me into this hellhole, then you punched me in the face, now we're back down in the sewer, and I have to kill this fucking clown. <laughs> like, that was, that, I, I left out loud, I was, I was hysterical oh, yeah. at that scene, like, that was so well done, and at that point, you're like, oh, these kids are all in, and, like, they're just beating the hell out of this clown, and it was awesome. Yeah. And, like, you see them each overcome their fear in one way or the other, and they're able to do that because their friends are there with them. Yeah. And it's such a cool scene. But that yeah, line was, was so it, funny. Like, like, the piteous, pathetic, like, sounds that, like, Pennywise is making throughout it, like, like, after he was in the one in power the whole time, all the sounds are made to, to make them scared, and now it's like, oh, wow, it's a little bitch. Like, he's the one who's scared now. <laughs> right. Oh, that was so awesome. And then he, then he disintegrates, and he, falls the rest of him falls down the well at the end and it was just and there he goes it was it was cool now you you were going to say something about this part here i think when we were talking about how uh they got beverly down and he kisses her and brings her it snaps her back to reality yeah so this is i had to do a little bit of background on it um this is not a scene that was in the other movie the first time I encountered this story, I thought it was, but I wasn't 100% sure. But it's a scene from the book. So after they defeat Pennywise, um, when they're leaving, apparently there's a cave-in in the tunnels. And the way they... They're quite sure they're going to die, and the way they get through it is to have a gangbang. What? Yep. I'm just gonna let that like settle in, because anyone who's listening to this who's a book reader knows that this is what happens. And anyone else? Wait, I don't understand. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me give you some more information. After defeating it, the kids get lost in the sewer tunnels on the way out. This is attributed in part to the fact that they're losing their connection to one another. The solution is to bind them together, which Beverly. The only girl in the story's main group of protagonists called the Losers says can only happen if each of the boys has sex with her. Where they're timid and unsure, she's confident and maternal. This is from the book. Yep. Well, this is an article about this scene from the book. Uh, and you're the saying sex, this happens the at sex? the end after they defeated it, like in the like at the portion of the movie where they defeated it for the last time. Correct. So, you remember that scene that you were saying was awesome where they have the blood oath? 
this is what actually happened. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it just said they were losing their connection to one another. So then it says the sex is a quote-unquote consensual gangbang with each of the boys losing his virginity and thus entering manhood through Beverly. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> Why? What? Um, I like the blood oath. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Way, way better. Which, like, the blood oath thing already is like, kind of creepy in general. Yeah. But infinitely less creepy than Stephen King writing a story in which a bunch of 12 to 15 year olds fuck each other. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, um, the rest of you, now that you know what it is that I'm talking about, can look it up at your own discretion to un- try and understand the whys and wherefores. Supposedly, a few years ago, Stephen King tried to clarify. I read a little blurb of that. It- Seemed kind of like a little bit of cover your ass. He's like, oh, it's not about the sex. It's kind of about the sex. It's a little bit more than a little bit about the sex. It's it's uh, weird. Uh, I don't like it. These aren't adults. Just weird. I don't like it at all. No. That's not. That's unsettling. So, uh, it's a good thing that both movie versions chose not to do this, because what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like... What the fuck? That's... And with the... (laughs) (laughs) For, For those of you who are just listening and are unable to... Look at the camera and the way that I'm looking and watching Anthony interpret this news. I'm distraught. <laughs> he's not okay with any of this. It's kind of late while we're doing this, so I don't think he's there 100% right now. It's not okay. It's not, okay. it's not okay. I don't know how that got published. Especially with, the, especially like, I'm. it's not okay on its own. It's even more not okay with all of the trauma from her father. Yep. I guess his excuse was that it was her choice, not theirs. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> no, there is a lot of problems with this, and it's like... Not okay. Uh, I think this book was published in 1986. Like, That's 30 years ago, so it was a different time, but it wasn't that much of a different time when it came to child pornography. God, what a... Uh, <sighs> I got nothing. I'm I'm done. Do you have anything more to talk about with this movie? <laughs> well, I didn't mean to completely ruin it, man. I just, uh, like, that's unsettling. It seemed like that was kind of important to mention. Like, I don't like it. Yeah, I, you shouldn't like I'm it. No glad, like I'm it. glad you brought it up. Ugh. I mean, I it was relevant to, to this whole thing. Like, how did no one think that that was something that should be deleted from that book? Like, I get it. By the time 1986 came around, like, Stephen King was already a household name. He had a whole bunch of bestsellers. But, like, I feel like when you're a publisher, you still kind of got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Be like, hey, lose the child sex. In the sewer. In the sewer. With all of them. Okay. Um... Yeah, so the only other note that I had, um, moving on, powering through this. Thank you. Uh, was, um... I liked Bill Skarsgård in this role, but I didn't think we got enough of him. Hmm. A lot of what was going on ends up being that CGI stuff where it's 
not really him acting anymore, and it's just sounds. Right. But the big scenes that he gets, like the scene, the very first scene with Georgie, a couple of the one-on-one scenes he gets talking to each of the characters, he's creepy. Yeah. Like, really creepy. He does a great job. Like, he's, like, the whole thing where he, like, he's sitting there in the sewer and he's drooling, like, that's, that's a good job. Yeah. That and, like, that whole thing, because that's, that's the longest section he gets to talk, like, all at once. Yeah. Whereas he's, like, you know, describing the carnival and this and that, like, he, he fucking nailed it. Yeah, he, re- he really did. That scene was, that scene was good. And I, it, I guess it is a, it's a, it's a little <laughs> disappointing because it sets it up and you think you're going to get more of this, but you, you don't. It's just the visual after that, most of the rest of the movie, they didn't give him... Like, he chewed it up, literally and metaphorically, in that scene. Like, right. I wanted well, to see well more played. of that. I was expecting to see more of that. Yeah, what? I said well played. Was that better or worse than my line about Merlin last week? Uh, uh, it was better. <laughs> better. Uh, anyway. Good. I... I, I want... I, I threw you off your game. You really did. Like, I... Good, good movie. Yeah, but now, uh, but at what cost? <laughs> Christ. Yeah, my my intention was not to throw you off. It was like to give everyone the full picture. Like, oh god, what the fuck happened? Kind of <laughs> raised more questions than you answered there. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't have to not to answer questions. Oh, I god. just did form the listener. I almost feel obligated to read the book now to, to make sure that I can get this full story. <laughs> I'm sure if you look it up, you can find it, man. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that. But, uh, all right. Yeah. You got anything else? I'm good. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, other than that, I agree with you that I like the way that they they actually finished it with the blood oath. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing. I, I thought they were going to give it one of those, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like, that unspoken thing. As our closer, and instead, like, if I remember correctly, right, Beverly kisses Bill, right? Yeah. Or, uh, Bill yeah. Bill, kiss, Bill kisses her. I was surprised that they actually committed to that right then and there. Right. Knowing what you know now, are you surprised? Yeah, because... They could have all had sex now, in the sewer. They- <laughs> knowing, what I, knowing what I know now, it's like, why didn't they just have a full penetration sex scene? Like, I... Like... <laughs> Uh, uh, so terrible oh my god do we have did we decide on a movie for next week um well uh, actually I meant to ask you about that um cause next weekend we were planning on recording as well right yes and we were gonna do Thor Thor and the Foreigner yeah did you see the Foreigner yet no I was gonna try and see that before next weekend. Okay. Unless well, you want to do, do you want to do the foreigner next week? I think we should do the foreigner next week. And then we could do Thor. We could pick another movie topic, and we can do our other long-awaited episode. Yes, I think we. I think that'll be the case. So, so the foreigner next week. That's foreigner the goal. next week. Sounds good. I like it. Well, that's it for this week's flicks in the six. Uh, Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us on this adventure. It was a. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry about what happened at the end there. I'm I am off right now. I'm I'm. You, 
you knocked me off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm screwed up. For some crazy reason, we're not listening to this with headphones on, or we're listening in a public place. You know that we have language in this. What? Please don't listen to this anymore. If we're talking about child pornography, Jeez, that's all I'm That was just. That was. Like, make sure you're listening. It's not safe for work. Yeah, check out Svinchun.com each week for new content. Next week, we'll be doing The Foreigner. Uh, But that's it. I'm out. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, cheers. (laughs) Jesus Christ.